People pick and choose who they love. People pick and choose who they throw shade at. That's why I do what I want. And spending all your time won't never get it back. Time is money, don't be wasting my cash. Give it back, give it back, get it back. Hey, time is money, don't be wasting my stacks. And spending all your time won't never get it back. What up, what up, and welcome to the very 12th episode of the Pick Route. We're your host. My name is Fatty. What up, 14? It's Dave. What's going on, everyone? Wait. What's And today we are playing Position U. Uh, more on that later, but we're going to go ahead and jump right into the pregame. Moose with the text last night saying, I'm going first in pregame. I got something. So, Moose, go ahead and kick us off. All right, so um, this week, Patty, I mean, he uh, he put out a, uh, a scorcher on Twitter. And then um, so my professional in our state. Coaching Twitter, not on the right. big route Twitter, on my personal account. Right. Um, so basically, in our state, we we have really good high school football, period. Um, we are also in a state where there are prep leagues and things of uh, leagues of those type. And I found it really interesting um, being a guy that coached in both of these leagues at the highest level, went to championship games in these prep school leagues. Um, I think it's funny. Um, you know, Pat put out a tweet, which just stated facts that there were actually this year more public school. Well, the league that encompasses the public schools in our state had more kids drafted to the NFL or signed to the NFL period than the prep leagues did. And I thought it's funny because Patty put into words what we've talked about for a long time, that coaching is coaching. And when you have some of these schools that uh, are clearly recruiting your players from your own town, um, I think that it's funny that there all of a sudden is a pivot to um, you know, we want to make the area of football in our area better. And, and to me, I take that as an offense, man, because you are disregarding the work that so many public school football coaches do in our state. And, um, you know, when, you know, I was texting Patty throughout the week because we obviously talked a lot about this post and, you know, he's one of my best friends and we coach at two schools um, where Patty coaches, he's got an incredible talent pool. You know, they, they have a lot of kids on a year by year basis that are extraordinarily talented where we coach at school B, we have very good players but they generally do not garner 
the accolades that maybe some of the schools that like for let's say Patty school does and but they both are needed at at that level of prep and juco level of football and i think that when you have some of the coaches in our area start to blanket the state with we're trying to make new england football better i think that that's an offense to people that have been working for decades and for us i mean at this point yeah we're young but we're not that young i mean we're into our second decade here coaching in this state and i think that that is completely ridiculous and when you post on your school's website about recruiting players it shouldn't be a shock when a public school coach comes back at you with the cold hard facts that you know what you can't do it here and there is no difference and if you're good enough they will find you you know and i think there are certain cases again from a guy that coached in both of these leagues there are certain cases where some of those kids can gain an opportunity that they never had but you're not special because you did that there's 15 other prep schools there's a hundred JUCOs there's a hundred PG programs that could all do the exact same that thing that you're doing you're not special and you don't coach better and I think that um you know we have exposed some of that because there are text messages I had a quarterback two years ago that was being contacted mid-season by other high school coaches to try and pull him his senior year to go and credit to him he understood where he was and 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 the coaching he was getting and and the scheme and the family and the community that he was a part of and I'm proud of him for for sticking that route but when you have some of these guys on Twitter and in the world of high school coaching right now, it's kind of crazy that that they will take offense to you defending your program. And I think that that's ridiculous. Yep. And the, the what's funny is that it will be those same kids that they get, you know, one of the things that they'll say is, you know, well, we're not coming after your kids. Well, that's false because I've seen the text messages and I've seen the messages. That's not true. And you need to be better than that. And at the end of the day, like you said, you know, the arena that's been created in our state is one where we have to constantly be recruiting our own players and don't give me that um, if your program's good enough. Our program, Program B, right. I don't know about Program A, where, where Patty's at, but Program B, where we're at, has every single thing that a prep school or a JUCO can provide any high school football player. We have every single thing you want and more. 
Yeah, it's the past, bottom line is it's past running a good program is what we're talking about. Right. In right. Terms of that is kids. that is a <clears throat> cop out that you use for certain schools from certain areas. You use that as a cop out <sighs> to take some of those players. And I want to applaud Patty for standing up for his program and his players and saying, this is, these are the facts. The facts is we put out division one players, you know, for example, at school B, we put out our first division one football player this year in 14 years. So that was before Quee Dank and I had joined this program, but we just put out our first division one football player in 14 years. And you know what? He would have gotten the same looks. And, and I would argue that we put him in a position to succeed to the point where a major FCS school came in and said, we want this kid. Like he's a, he's a stud and we appreciate going back to our earlier conversations about, um, you know, your quarterback playing certain positions, but college coaches know what they're doing. Like they understand, you know, so it, it, you know, I just want to applaud Patty for taking kind of a stand where it's, you don't just get to demean us with your tone and your statements when we defend our programs against the same thing that you're saying, because at the end of the day, you're not worried about us as public school coaches walking on your campus and taking your players, but we are worried about you coming into our towns, which are good towns with good programs and coming in and selling our kids on something you can't fulfill. And that's the bottom line. We're not coming to your school to take your kids, but you're coming to our towns and trying to sell them on this vision that you think you have because you are a school that just so happens to be on a recruiting trail. You're not special. There's 15 other schools that are going to stop right there. And if your kid is good enough, they're going to stop there too. So, you know. Yeah, no, I mean, appreciate you saying that. And we'll roll right into my time too. I don't care because I think this is an important thing to talk about with us. Um, You know, the other part of it being is they have – and I think you just said it perfectly there where – all of their benefits that they say they have is all the same between those schools in that league. It's all the same. They don't have anything unique to right. them. And, you know, I, I think one of the other major things that I hear a lot when I go out to, and again, like you said, <clears throat> was there a tone of going at them? Yeah. Um, but all, all I stated was facts of why I think that. Facts my program and your guys' program and every other program like ours in the state, this is what I think we are, we can provide. You guys get to do it all the time. And it's like when one of us did it, it it felt like a, hey, remember your place type of deal by some of the responses I got. And the one that gets me a lot, and it it really bothers me, is – when they go, well, you got to think about the academic piece of doing what's right by the kids and getting that academic piece in 
You know, they you can't compete with with the academics. My response to that is, then why is it that only the good athletes are being presented this opportunity? Like, I got a kid that would benefit greatly from a great education. He's five four, and that's also his forty, and he plays receiver. Why is right. he being offered that? Okay, and then the response back to that is always, well. It's the same thing with college. Like Alabama is only going to take, only going to offer their thing. Okay, but Alabama is also saying they want to win. So don't put it behind. We're trying to do what's best for the kids. Right. This holier than thou kind of deal. No. If you just came out and said, yeah, he's really good. Like we want him or we want to win games. I, I want to like it, but I'd respect it more that, than what you're saying about this, this, this nonsense of, you know, and it's it's been a stigma in our state is the reason why I put the tweet out is that you can't do it unless you go to one of these one of these schools. That's, right. That's yeah. And that's just it's false. ridiculous. And don't get you it know, twisted but, either. Think about the qualifications. You know, the the rules to, to teach in some of these schools is, is by far different than right. A lot of the states. And, and look, you know, and what's involved with public education, too. Right. You know, so and we're not talking and, about postgrads. Like there's right. a, a we're talking about kids freshman year. Yes, the reclassifying of them taking kids freshman, sophomore, right. junior year to come into their programs. We're, we're not talking about postgrads. There's a definite need for that. I postgrad myself. I did that. So like I can't just sit here and right. say like there's no use for that. But it's it's they're they're taking these kids from other states who have four division one scholarships already, and they get them a fifth. And then they come to our kids and go, we send guys, right. we send four guys division one every year. It could be you when it's not, it's not their best opportunity right. is with us because, and you know, I hear all the time from these, we're just trying to do what's best for these kids in no, well-run programs in well-run programs. I've known these kids since second grade. Right. Okay. So how would you right. know more than I know about, you know what they're doing you know you know so. that's that's and and we'll get into this scheme talk in a second but you know one of the things that i think is is ridiculous is you know you have some of these coaches at some of these programs you know that are actively recruiting your players during the season you know and and we've we've seen it and the thing is what you're doing is you're demeaning the educational value that they're getting from their own schools, their programs, their communities, by saying things like they're better off with us. No, they're not. You don't know these these boys. You don't know these kids. So just that statement in itself is honestly, it's a little ridiculous. Oh, yeah. So, you know, don't be afraid and don't be scared when public school coaches start clapping back at you, nope. when you're posting your 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 camps that you invited all of these schools to, and you run these league camps where all of them work together, you know, don't be offended when public school coaches say, hold on, you know what? These are all the things that we do because I know Johnny. He's in sixth grade. And I know him. We're working with him. He's been to our camps for the last three years in our youth programs. And his older brother played for us. And we're, 
we're building this and he's ready to play for us, you know? So it's, 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 I don't know, man. And then, and then half these guys, because they have connections to some of these programs are able to walk in and just, you know, take these positions that they're unqualified for. So tell me, what do you know at 24 years old to be throwing around weight and, and scholarship money that's not yours, but your schools at kids across the state? So yep. yeah, my thing, that was, that was my, that was my first nah, take on the, uh, just, just to build off of your, your text, because it was, uh, it was a big scorcher in our state and it got a lot of tread and it was what a lot of public school coaches have been thinking for a long time. And we've discussed <laughs> amongst us four before we built this podcast, it was a big thing that we talked about and all over the so, state, all over the state. It was, you know, we've talked about this and this issue for us in our private circles um, all the time. And, you know, I'll tell, I'll tell those guys and I don't think any of them are the 14, uh, <laughs> but I'll tell those guys, it's not stopping here. More, more's coming, you know? Yep. So, but that's, let's, uh, you know, it's, it's an important topic for us. Um, we're, we're obviously very passionate about that. Um, well, but, bullshit's got to be called bullshit when you see it. Facts. And the problem is too, ma- too many times because of our coaching fraternity, we yep. don't call it out the way right. it should be. Right. And now it's getting called out. Yeah. And I think we're also less likely to do the, you know, hey, look at the great things that we're doing. We're going to obviously always going to promote our kids. But like, you know, high school coaches – a lot of times aren't going like, hey, look at this program that I built. They're not right. We're not saying those type of things. So well, maybe it's time we start. Like maybe, maybe and that it was the 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 culmination was my last line of that tweet was maybe your best opportunity is where you already are. Yep. Maybe it is. But <clears throat> on a lighter note, thank what do you got? <laughs> yep. <laughs> so you said I do pregame, we're talking about scheme. And uh, so I'm going to talk about when I used to play NCAA and won, I don't know, 20 national championships. The video video game. (laughs) Correct. (laughs) So I used to play as a middle linebacker. I'd call the play. Everybody else do what you do, but I'm going to do what I do, and I'm going to go make freaking plays. You know, whether I blitz when I'm not supposed to or just freaking – cover the guy, double cover the guy that's really good. So, and then I thought thought about, like, how could you actually do this in, like, actual football where, you know, a guy just runs around the field, like, has a nose for the football and, and like, thinking about it, like, you know, your coverages are pretty much set, especially, like, if you blitz, you know, your coverages are set and you take one of those blitzers, you know, I'm not saying you do this with every kid, but you can assign a kid and be like, listen, you can do whatever you want. If you want to blitz freaking, you know, just spy the quarterback. If you want to drop back in coverage, like do what you got to do, but like, just make a play, you know? And if you don't make the play, then we're not calling that play anymore for you. You know, we'll find somebody else to do it. But, you know, I think it could, 
end up being, you know, a useful thing. If you get a kid that knows your defense, like knows what everybody else is doing, you know, and has a nose for the football to just go make plays instead of assigning them to, you know, a specific, you know, job, then I think it could be useful for some, for some defenses. You know, the only – the things where most likely you do it with, like, a safety, you know, who, you know, could drop in into coverage or freaking roll down, whatever, and it doesn't affect the gap integrity of, you know, your defense. Um, but you could do it with linebackers. You could do it with D-line. Like, if you have a freak D-lineman and he can go make plays and freaking let him do it. Yeah, I don't know what you guys – It is kind of – or you see kind of the evolution of some defense is kind of moving towards, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think of um, Jabril Peppers. Um, I think I mean, of, Tyron Matthews, I think pretty much does it. In Tyron Matthews pretty close. Um, hey, J-Ron Curse from Dallas. Yeah. Isaiah Simmons. It's just the truth. Isaiah Simmons when he was at Clemson. Mm-hmm. Um, and Florida State. Did a lot with Jalen Ramsey also. Hey, and uh, Tanner Muse from Clemson. Yes. For those three yes. or four years, man, he was he was their their nickel player. And when I think, Dank, what you're saying is utilize that nickel player as your movable piece. Where right. he can be he can be a robber player, but he can also be a blitzer. He can be a run support player in certain situations. You know. And my thing about this too, it's like as an offense, as you guys as offensive, you know, coordinators, and you see this guy just like standing not where he normally stands, you know, like, and you're thinking that he does this, this is what he's going to do every time when he goes here, and he does it, you know, it could throw you guys for a loop on what to call and shit, you know. I mean, we we talk about it all the time. It's not it's not the team that, um aligns perfectly on every play where you know where the three tech is going to be and three tech is going to be a conversation about my duo talk tonight but you know like it's not where the three tech is and and the 30 i is and stuff like that but it's those teams that misalign by just because the kids aren't good enough or their coaches haven't drilled in whatever the reason is you know, it's yeah. those teams where it's like, son of a bitch, those kids, he's not supposed to be there. And I know he's not supposed to be there, but he's supposed – he's there right now. And now we have to account for him. And you that's kind of that movable yeah. piece. Yeah. You call a play where you're trying to influence an outside backer defensive end, yeah. and he just he runs just straight, straight up the field. field. And he just yeah. blows Come up on, man. <laughs> And then he looks at you no, and does a throat slash at you. <laughs> my favorite, my favorite is the zero. That's 380 pounds of hot dog that just gets off the ball and just waddles his ass in the middle of a slip screen. And you're like, Jesus Christ, man. Like if, if there was a T-Rex right here, you could not run fast enough out of the way your ass would be eaten and he <laughs> makes the play on my running back. Yep. You know? Like. Yep. But yeah, I mean, I, I was, I was starting to say it is it's especially in even front defenses that positionalist player. Um, yeah. it's, it's what we had, uh, our, our kid at school a was, was pretty good. And, um, 
that's kind of what we're hearing. You know, he's an FBS kid, and that's kind of what we're hearing is that what he's going to end up doing is kind of that positionalist, you know, strong safety, roll in the box, you know, blitz the edge type of deal. So, and that's and that's a conversation to have about how football is changing. The yeah, Sam right. linebacker is no longer existent. You no. better have a guy. You better wow. have a guy that can not only be a force player, but can drop and run and can also give you something in your blitz package. Well, that's you know? what I think too is like I got on this topic too because I think like the nickel pat like <laughs> you have nickel packages, but that's more of like what you're running defensively anyways, right. based off of what offenses are doing. Right. You know, you're better off running nickel based off of the freaking RPOs and all this stuff. Until, like, what we said where the power sets start becoming more prevalent, but that's the reason why teams are starting to move to those power sets is because teams are – their base is nickel. Like those type of kids. Give me that 160-pound kid that you think can cover in space. I got a pulling guard for his face right now. Here's the tight end, buddy. (laughs) <laughs> who who happens to be just our sixth best offensive lineman, anyways? Right. <laughs> He's also our one tech on defense. <laughs> so yeah, no, you know, it's it's kind of the way you see it moving, and um, it's it's pretty cool. It's fun, and you know, when kids are kids are good at that, it it, it can get a lot of fun uh, to be calling defense. But Quee, what do you got? Well, I was looking at um. Uh, Dan Casey on uh, Instagram and stuff like that and my wheels were turning on on some stuff and it's kind of like a I guess more of just a hope in this sense but social media has done something to coaching in general and I feel like what and and shout out to to this dude because what he does is awesome but he's awesome. Um, it makes me concerned that as we start growing a little bit more into the into coaching, and I mean we've been doing this a long time, but I don't want to lose coaching clinics. Like hmm. we talk about scheme hmm. so much, hmm. and ninety percent of my newsfeed on social media is clinic talk, where I'm like. Eventually, someone's. I'm like, is someone gonna figure this out? Because I'm gonna be pissed. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, like it's it's so funny. It, Just real quick before you get going, uh, we went to a, a coaching clinic this year, and uh, I was sitting next to Moose in the back of one, and I just had this random thought. Always back in the my bus. Head. Always back. <laughs> we're the cool kids in the back, so we can like Hell talk yeah. about what we're seeing and. Me, me and Moose specifically, because we're, we're both offensive guys, have done a lot of work together. So we kind of speak the same language on some stuff. So it's great sitting next to him, even though we're at different schools. We didn't know we are playing each other at the time either. Yeah, you know? until we, <laughs> now week three. But I just had a random thought of, of watching it. And, you know, this guy is is going up there and he's, he's talking about some good stuff and he's confirming some thoughts that we had. And we're all fired up as we're talking to each other. And I look at him and I go, now, can you imagine like a normal person coming and sitting in on one of these? Someone who does, 
who likes football but doesn't coach how bored out of their mind they would Crazy. be yeah. to watch this guard pull and on a on a like yeah. on a play that gains like a yard and a half but hey. this is the technique of the guard and it's perfect how bored and out of their nothing, mind they hey nothing is worse than the o line coach that doesn't give two shits who had 40 beers the night before and he's just like right, you know open pull <laughs> yep. Good pull. Good pull. Yep. Yeah. Get on top of the down block right here. Well, that's the yep. thing. We've we've sit in we've sit in more bad clinics than we have in good clinics. Mm-hmm. But when you sit in good ones, they're awesome. Sorry, Queen, to cut you, you off. Ex- no, nah, you're fine. I I was just I was like watching this thing, and I was like, dude, like I, I thought back to like myself when I was, you know, eighteen and nineteen years old, and like I I lived to go to these things. You know, like I, I got on a plane and went to Utah to listen to this guy talk for, for 25 minutes that? just so I can so I can meet this dude. And, and like that was my whole life. And now these same 18, 19 year old kids that want to get into coaching are seeing these random clips on, you know. Go on. So, no. And uh, but they, they, they go down to these clips and like. They don't have to do anything. They don't have to do anything. And they miss this experience. Like, dude, the best part of going to the clinic is the clinic that we do ourselves Mm -hmm. with our own topics after we've Mm -hmm. gone and sat through all these guys talking Mm -hmm. and and, and pick that stuff apart. But, like, that's the best part. And now this younger generation of coaches are going to go to Facebook and all this other stuff. I'm like, I I just hope it doesn't change. That's all. Yeah. No, it is a freaking blast when, you know, everybody goes to a different clinic, you know, at that time period. And then you meet back at the room and it's like, all right, what'd you learn? What'd you learn? And then yeah, you see where you can add it into your program or into your, well, your offense or I think, um, and how you can benefit from what you just learned, you know? We've, we've talked about this a lot. When you go to clinics, it's just when you come back, you get affirmation that what you're doing is right mm-hmm. or you get a little tweak and you're like, ah, oh, son of a bitch. Like I never thought of maybe one step this way, the way that they taught it, or maybe one, wearing that one, shirt with that jacket. Right. <laughs> one positional alignment makes a difference. Yeah. Yep. No, hundred percent. hundred percent. And like, that's, we always say, if we can just get one thing, out of a clinic right. it all becomes worth it you know we we pay money to go to these things um <clears throat> but if we can just get one thing out of it it makes the whole deal uh really really mm. worth it um and not a play like it could be not a necessarily a play <laughs> like, it's funny like a, yeah. it's funny because when you're a young coach going and you're going like everything is awesome like yeah. <laughs> we're gonna do all of this let's put it all in all yeah. together and then as you get going through it's like all right no, not really. When a coach goes up and pretends that he made up four verticals, like <laughs> right, all sat right. on those, like this is how we run. Oh four my verticals. god! Like, oh, you phone this one in. <laughs> the offensive coordinator that gives you inside zone with an RPO tag. God. You're like, oh, <laughs> I think. Thanks. I think I text you. It's like, all right. I can't wait to hear how School G. I think we're up to how School G runs zone bubble. <laughs> yep. Thanks. 
And then tomorrow we'll go to H and see how they run bubbles, zone bubble. Right. Yeah, it's, it's great. Back pedal versus open and run. Right. Uh, Moose, what do you got? Are you on deck? All right, me? You can go. Um, I so won't go if we're on right um, All right, so I'll go quick. Um, so this year we experimented with duo, and um, mm. I thought, you know, one of the big things in recent football nomenclature vocabulary, but uh, was was <laughs> was the, right was the misconceptions between inside zone and duo, and yep. one of the things I love inside zone. I'm an inside zone guy. Um, but duo gives you a lot. Duo gives you a lot. However, I believe that inside zone can make an average running back very good. Whereas duo has to make your running back has to be excellent. And it comes down to the fact that you have to read that play side, Mike, and where inside zone, everything takes care of itself. Like, what do we always tell about running backs in our offenses? It's kind of the the knuckle dragger position. It's like you're just a fucking stud and you can just score touchdowns. You know what I'm saying? Where duo comes into play is it forces your running back to have to think a little bit. And, you know, when we experimented and I I don't have I don't have any hot take towards it, but I'm just talking about our experience this year running it. We we did it. We played a team. Um, It's it's primarily best against an even front team. And when we did it and it, it was kind of tricky for us because of our multiple sets and and what we do on offense, we we don't generally get a very good sense of what a team's going to do until we play them. Hmm. It's really you, tough. You don't. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. It's it's really tough, and um, I think in the NFL they too many times in the NFL because of how stagnant the fronts are they're able to get away with duo that when you apply it to high school principles, it gets really tricky because of those same guys that align in ridiculous alignments that you never should be in, you know, their defensive coordinator screaming on the other side to be in a two eye and they're, and they're aligned up in a three and all these other things, you know, duo requires you to get those two double teams and if you get an odd front team, you better have two tight ends in the game. And if you go against an even front team, you may only have one tight end based off alignment because that equals out your pass game in your other three receivers plus the back to give you some advantages. I, uh, I really like duo. But what came to fruition for me was if you don't have a back that can read, cut, and get vertical, and it sounds ridiculous, but there's a big difference between a full wash on the three, the one, 
or two twos and whatever you want to do or an odd stack team and you get a full wash and flow on inside zone. Yep. Right. Duo's different, man. It, yes. it forces your running back to play real. Like we always yes. say slow two, fast through, right. but duo makes you go slow, 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 and then go. Right. And, and I think when you have like Dallas made that play, a phenomenon in 2016, 2017, 2018 with Zeke Elliott because he was so good and they were so good in the A to A gap that I think it's really right. hard for right. high school programs to be able right. to run that duo concept. Right. And I mean what look at look at San Francisco. I mean San Francisco mm. now I mean runs duo so much and for people uh I'm sure we lost about 11 of the 14, <laughs> but I, I don't 13. care. I don't care. Um, it's a football but, podcast. Get on the same page. <laughs> duo, duo is power without a polar is how, right. it's, how it's really sold. And it's funny because I really didn't see it. Like I, I never really saw. It's very easy to mistake it for inside zone because of the flow of the defense. The defense's natural flow is gonna make it look like inside zone. It's gonna look less like power because when they don't see a puller, they're gonna try to flow over the top like a zone step. And then when you're comboing up to a front side backer instead of a backside backer, right. it's more likely he's right. gonna work play side than the backside guy is gonna and, be the one coming but off. But that's but that's the trickiest part about mm-hmm. gap scheme power versus duo mm-hmm. is you're now full caging back with the center mm-hmm. to a backside backer, not just a backside uh, first man on the line of scrimmage. You know what I'm saying? Right. And, and the way you can tell duo versus inside zone is the path of the back. Yes. And you'll see the pack, the path of the back slow to the play side guard and then you may get a jump cut into the play side B gap when that's, you know, on inside zone, that's not, that would be a bang right. or a bend right. into the backside B, but that's actually hitting front side on the duo concept. You yep. know what I'm saying? Yep. And it's, uh, I think you have to be so good in your 12 personnel game that, um, like you need to add an additional gap on every single time you call it, right. you know? So my thing basically is based off our experience talking about football is we, we installed duo this year. We, we ran duo, we ran it in a game. I love the concept, but really what came down to it is, you know, cause we're a zone a zone based team. Um, duo is fantastic, but, I can see it already where it's if you don't have a back that has that capability to read and run, it's not a concept you can do. And if you don't have a, if you don't have a tight end at minimum, you need two at minimum or a secondary back. You can't run dual. Right. And, you know, like I said, I think Dallas made it popular 
in those early years with Zeke Elliott. And I think a lot of teams have tried to replicate it. And a lot of guys misconstrue inside zone for duo and vice versa. Yep. And, um, you know, just really talking about our experience this year where it's like, you know, um, we had guys that could get vertical in the A gaps. So we we're like, hey, man, let's go duo, you know, and yep. just the amount of change that you have to do as opposed to running a true gap scheme or inside zone. Changes Hell yeah. hundred percent. All right, let's get into the game. Uh, today we're playing position you. Um, you all have heard the debates of DBU and we're going to settle that today. Um, we'll go around the room and pick what college has produced the best for each of the positions. We're doing quarterback, running back, Tight end, wide receiver, O-line, D-line, linebacker, and DB. We'll kind of randomize that order. Now, the deal is we can all pick the same schools, but, like, I can't put the same school twice on my list. So I can't pick an Alabama for DBs and running backs, but we can all have Alabama is the way that's going to work. So we're going to randomize this order here. Okay, and the first thing we are talking about is tight end. Dang, who's tight, who's tight end you? So tight end you, um, more recently, I think, with uh, – I think that's know, what most of this is going to be is like Yeah, but even on. they have like a, an older guy that freaking was a beast at tight end. Uh, I went with Iowa. Got to be Iowa. Iowa. You know, George Kittle, Noah yep. Font. TJ Hawkinson, Hawkinson and uh, Dallas Clark went to yep, Iowa. Yep, yep, Dallas yep. Clark. <laughs> Cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> Anything further there? Any further breakdown there, Moose? Queen, what about you? What do you got nah, for tight end? You most underrated tight end in history. Very good. Uh, Fair enough. I actually, I actually had Iowa as well. Yeah, gotta be um, Iowa. I, I looked at that, uh, and I, I honestly, I, I loved seeing Dallas Clark play in college you know i actually was less interested in the hawkinson noah font like years easy but... there easy there <clears throat> i settled down I mean, he got it's my Kittle. boy but I, I i did i yeah i i did watch uh i did enjoy watching dallas clark though but yeah, yeah. i i was i was pretty certain on iowa tight end only... iowa that's probably the easiest one yeah the only other team i was thinking of was uh miami Yep, they had that good run. Um, Shockey, Greg Olson, uh, Kellen Winslow, Winslow Jr. They got a run on everything, though. Yeah, they're <laughs> at feel some like point. Minus um, Oklahoma had a decent run, I think, too. I mean, they had Mark Andrews. They have Gresham, too, right? Gresham, <laughs> yep. But I think it's I think it's got to be Iowa. It's just your, right. it's just your moose saying no, nope, 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 no, nope. no. The answer is Iowa. <laughs> the answer is Iowa for five okay. points. Right. Iowa. All right. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, up, I'm not done with that. Either. Two trick. Next up is who is D line U? Quee, why don't you start us off here? Well. I feel like an easy selection would be Alabama. 
in our prime. Soft ass. <laughs> um, I, I personally, I have Alabama in That's two your spots pick. with uh, some flexibility well, there, but well, you don't uh, have flexibility. You even well, you said I can only no? take them in one spot. So right. only, flexibility you, across I, the board. Okay. Yeah, you go. Like I, I don't spot. have to pick them later. Yeah, I you get can't it. pick them later. Yeah. No, I know. If you use them now. So who? Who's, That's who, a bad pick. Who's D line? Um, um. Yeah, I'll I'll say Bama and open it up. Okay. Moose. Who's D line? You. Uh. D line you, hmm. I would go with um, who did you? That's have? a bad pick. Moose doesn't prepare. No, <laughs> no. But I wouldn't put if we can only pick Alabama once. I would not pick D line as the pick. I know. Um, well, someone's got I'll to go start with, the combo. Um, I'll go with Ohio State on that. It's got to be Ohio State. I went yeah. Ohio State. It, 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 I it mean, has just, to be Ohio just, State. Just, I mean, Ohio State has a claim for a couple other positions, but Absolutely. nothing compares no, to the right. Bosa brothers, Chase Young. And you forget about Cam Hayward, Cam Hayward, who's Hayward. been dominating yep. the yep. NFL for the last 15 years. Yep. Like, come on. Yep. I and mean, and I know. hate Ohio State. <laughs> you know, there's other guys, you know. I mean, those those are all the big one. Right. Um, Michael Bennett. Yep. Um, not the one who was in Seattle. He's in Jacksonville for a while. Uh, Draymond Jones is playing well for Denver. Uh, John Simon has bounced around the league and has played well. Simon's um, been a player, dude. He's a gangster. I love John Simon. And, and you know, listen, like, we 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 watched like Simon when he was in college, and we were like, this kid's a player. Yeah, Vrabel was a D lineman for Ohio State. Um, Ohio State has always been an even front, so like a lot of those dudes are playing like that outside backer role too, with, yeah. including John Simon too. So uh, same deal. Hot but, take: yeah. all all major college defenses are four down fronts because they know that that's how they're going to get the best defensive lineman. It's it's possible, and that's yeah. what matters. Yeah, and that's what matters. Yep. Even if they don't 100%. tell their guys they're in fucking sub packages the, the entire game. <laughs> yeah. Oh, funny story there too is uh Miles Garrett recently came out that he uh he almost went to Ohio State. Mm. They asked him if he didn't go to Texas AM, where would he go? He go Ohio State. And he goes, that run would have been Joey Bosa, Miles Garrett, Nick Bosa, Chase Young. I mean, like <laughs> hey, do you remember do you remember um what's that guy? Shiano and and he left Ohio State and said, dude. I just left the best D line room yeah. in the country, and it Insane. was Bosa brothers, Chase Young, and all those other guys that yeah. are our mid round picks, but still drafted. <laughs> like crazy, what they produce. It's got yeah, Ohio State. All right, this is the hot one. Who is DBU? Moose, go ahead and kick it off. This is well, the tough Ohio one. State's out the, is Ohio State off the board? For yes. you, you you just picked Ohio State. We don't have to agree on these. No, you have uh, okay. your own list. I'm gonna go with. Um, hmm. I'm gonna go with LSU. Yeah, and and, and it's gonna be controversial. However, there's no right answer. So no. what I am gonna go 
is off of the three best players and their accolades, which right. is Tyron Matthew, Patrick Peterson, and um, Jamal Adams. And yeah. I think Jamal is kind of like whatever you want him to be. But I think right. Jamal, if he was in a better situation in every single place he's been, he could be really good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think you got to go with it. I just also think of them in so many other spots. Like who's produced better linebackers? Who's produced better actual receivers? <laughs> like, yeah. With – with Ohio State gone, I think I'd have to go LSU. Also. I know, I know, I know who produced better wide receivers. It's easy. Okay, save it. Yep. Right. Thank DB. Yeah, I went with LSU too. Um, again, Miami was up there too. Yeah, I mean, fuck. Sure. It's a, a guy forgotten. Yeah, Miami's definitely up there. Um, but a guy forgot from LSU. <laughs> Pat Peterson, like gangster. Mm. Like, all right, um, number Quay, four. Who do you have? Oh, Queen. Oh, I, so at DBU, um, I had a, I had a couple of uh, thoughts. I was kind of curious to see where Moose's was son. Going. Not yeah. a fan of the pick. <laughs> uh, I thought LSU would be the easy take the pick. Mon- oh, hold up, real yeah, quick. Take, take the, the monitor, monitor with and you. your headset. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, Go ahead, Queen. I thought LSU would be an easy pick, but I also think yeah. that, um, dude, Ohio State has had some DBs, man. Yep. If you really like paid attention, Ohio, yeah, like over the course of twenty years, I mean, that oh. might be more consistent no. than any college program in the, that we've uh, ever I mean, seen. Uh, From two thousand on. Right. In terms of in terms of draft picks, you know, you're you're looking. Denzel Ward, Marshawn Lattimore, Malik Hooker, go all the way back to uh, Malcolm Jenkins, who's still in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Chris Gamble. Right. Mike and then Boss. look at, like, there was guys that didn't necessarily, like, hit home runs in, in the NFL. But, like, right. look at the first-round corners that I mean, came out over the last five, six years. Right. I, yeah. I mean, Bradley Roby's a dog. Like he's kind of settled into a nickel role. Eli Apple. Eli Apple. He was. Yeah, I love was Eli. College. <laughs> but Vaughn Bell. Yeah. You know, Kurt Coleman has been in the league forever. Um. Yeah. No, I think Okuda went three. Okuda, I mean, he'll get like, there. Yeah. Will he play? Who knows? <laughs> you know. No, they had a I, lot of. It is. Of I think, in terms of just overall. Ohio State is DBU, but I had to take him a D line. Right, I, I'm taking. Uh, I'm going to take Ohio State there. All right, all right. Next is quarterback. You. Hmm. And we're going to start with me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and we're just going kind of recently with this deal, and uh, I, everyone listening knows I'm such a huge Ohio State fan. And we get criticized for this all the time of you've never produced like a great NFL quarterback, which is like, or you haven't produced consistent NFL quarterbacks. It's like, okay, but who has? Right. No one really has 
the only argument I could ever make for any school, like if you want to talk about it, I think it's got to be Oklahoma. Right. Oklahoma. Um, You're thinking Baker, thinking Kyler, thinking Jalen Hurts. So they got three starter-capable guys. Um, you go back to Jason White, who won the Heisman. You got Sam Bradford, who won the Heisman. It was first overall pick. Right. Um, Oklahoma's my pick. Dank. I'm conflicted because I want to save this for <laughs> linebackers, but um, uh, I'm going to go USC. Mm-hmm. I mean, not a great set of you know right. NFL play, but they had dudes that get drafted. You they know, had a roll, They had a run there for a while. It's crazy that Carson Palmer is the top one out of all of them, right? But yeah, he went Carson Palmer. Um, I mean, obviously Matt, Matt Liner, um, freaking Darnold. Darnold's play well. Yep, John David uh, Booty, Mark Sanchez, John David Booty's nephew just signed with Oklahoma, mm-hmm. and his last name is also Booty. First name General. General Booty. His name is General Booty. Nice. Don't look up. Yeah, he's a JUCO. JUCO transferred to Oklahoma. General Booty. Big. He's going to be first ever pick route athlete. <laughs> General <laughs> Booty. Queen, who do you got for quarterback you? Uh, I actually, I went back and forth with both of those schools, OU and uh, USC, but I'm going to go with Oklahoma. Yeah. I, I mean, they had that run. It was so fun. I think it was like Big Cat tweeted out. Um, they had the run where they went Baker, Kyler, and then Jalen Hurts. And Jalen Hurts is going off at the beginning of the year. I think Big Cat tweeted out, can you imagine if, like, Alabama had a talented quarterback like Jalen Hurts? Like, how good they would yeah, be. Right? <laughs> but, yeah, it was funny, like, watching watching Kyler and then Jalen. It's like, well, Baker kind of sucked. <laughs> Dude, you know who, like – um I was thinking about going BYU. You know, the okay. man Steve Young. Yeah. Um, you know, Zach Wilson now. Yeah. But here we go. Running back you. Dang, kick is off. I'm going with uh Georgia. Oh Georgia. Okay. You know, uh you They've know, more recently, freaking Nick Chubb, uh DeAndre Swift. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they had Herschel Walker, obviously, freaking uh, Terrell Davis, Todd Gurley, Todd Gurley, um, Sony Michelle. Yep, it's a good pick. Quee, who's running back? You, um, well, I took uh, one of these schools off the board, but I, I think the one that's uh, we forget is, is Miami, dude, the run of backs that they real. had. Over a course of, you know, four or five years and from 2000 or really 99, 98 on yep. to about 2005 was wild. Yeah, I mean, it was. Who was that? It was McGahee. Yep. Was a starter. Yeah, Edron James before Edrin that. James. But yeah, but they had all on the same team was uh, McGahee and then it was Clinton Portis. Portis. And then Frank Gore, right? And Frank Gore and Walter Payton's son was fourth. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and he's stunk. 
<laughs> but Compared yeah, like, to, you, know, like, you, you would think you hit that one in the recruiting day. You're like, man, <laughs> I'm getting paid. We like, no, he's, he's fourth on the depth chart. Right. Right. Crazy. Um, so my running back, you, I tried to play it, but I got an ad right here. So give me a second. How was your day, Dank? <laughs> it's very average. At best. Right, here we go. It's not it. Sick, bro. Oh, wow. You went with Wisconsin? Gotta be Wisconsin. It doesn't have to be Wisconsin. It's gotta be Wisconsin. <laughs> gotta be. They've always had the dudes. I mean, you know, you're, you, Melvin Gordon, Monty Ball, um, Jonathan uh, Clemens, Taylor. Jonathan, <laughs> Jonathan Taylor, who's the best back in the league. Uh, you go back to Ron Dane, who, you know. Monty Ball was it, it himself better. Like Monty Ball was yeah, so yeah. good. Uh, out of all of them, the one that scared me the most though was Melvin Gordon. Yeah, we, we were able to contain him. Well, we I want to talk about Ohio State. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we were able to contain him pretty well. But um, oh, they're, you're always scared of their running backs. Oh no, Sean Moreno for Georgia too. True, true, true. With your boy Stafford. All right. Yeah. Six is linebacker you, and this goes to Kui or me. Kui. Uh, I'm gonna go with LSU. Yeah, I mean in recent, you know. Yeah. Yep. I went with uh, Miami, just for the guys that they had. Not a ton, but freaking the guys that they did have. You know, Jonathan Vilma, John Beeson, freaking Ray Lewis. Right. I mean. Yeah. DJ Williams, I, that years, those years were good, too. Uh, I'm going to take Alabama. Um, and I think the best one we've ever seen is the one they have now, who's the rush end. But Will Anderson is yeah. phenomenal. Um, but – as I'm looking through my list, I'm like, oh, I haven't taken Alabama yet anywhere. Um, so I should probably take them. So I'll take that. You know, Ruben Foster, Dante right. Hightower. Um, you know, they've, they've produced dudes. Uh, next is O-line U. And I've already taken Wisconsin. So the other answer is <laughs> Notre Dame. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you know, I. They, I had three O lines. Ohio State was one of them. Yeah. Wisconsin and Notre Dame. But yeah. I'm going to go with Wisconsin here. Same. I and I had the same three schools. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you could make an argument for Notre Dame, uh, uh, Alabama. Um, oh, of course. LSU had a really good run. Um, but, and the other one is Stanford. Stanford's produced some good offensive pro, linemen, too. Pro. Um, but yeah, Notre Dame with uh, what's his face? Jack Martin, Quentin Zach Nelson. Martin, Quentin Nelson. You know, just with those two alone, um, you really just start was making on that it line too, right? Who? Mike McGlinchey. He was yep. on that same. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right, and last one is who is wide receiver? You. Dank, why don't you start us off? 
So I went more recently. I went with Alabama. You know, okay. uh, I mean, Amari Cooper, Julio Jones, Devontae yep. Smith, Aiken, Waddle, Jerry Judy, Waddle, Waddle, Jamison Williams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've been pretty loaded. Quay, who'd you take? Mm, I was torn between Clemson and USC. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take Clemson. Yeah, I'm taking- I loved, I loved Mike Williams out of USC. I'm taking Clemson as well. You know, exp- you know, DeAndre Hopkins. Who, like, it's so funny with DeAndre Hopkins. Sammy Watkins was the guy, right? Was one of the best college receivers I've ever seen. Um, and then they had who? Who was the other one they had? Uh, Martavius Bryant. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Justin Ross is going on like a huge revenge tour, <laughs> like for not Probably. getting drafted, which is know, crazy. T Higgins. Um, T Higgins. Quee, uh, I, I, I think uh, we hit them all. Are we forgetting <laughs> one? I think we hit them all. So um, that'll do it. Bring it up. Take a knee. <laughs> oh man. Who who are we the, forgetting, Quee? <laughs> only the best slot wideout in the <laughs> NFL. Best one Josh McDaniels has ever coached. <laughs> I hope you're listening from upstairs, Moose. In the hunt. It was late. It was late today. That's my dynasty team. In the hunt. <laughs> yeah, it is. We're all in the same uh fantasy football league that we're kind of drafting now. We started at one o'clock. Yesterday afternoon, and we're not even through five rounds, six rounds. I know it's crazy, but I got Josh, I got Josh Allen, I got Derrick Henry, and I got uh, T.J. Watt. So if I am not good, uh, fantasy football is the dumbest game. Mm -hmm. You're gonna hate it. I'm gonna hate it so much. But all right, bring it up, take a knee. Thank you for listening. Thank you to our good friend Savino for the use of our theme song. Time is money. You can find him on Instagram at Savino underscore music. Look up Savino. That is S-A-V-I-N-O. Thank you to Sarah Wine for the creation of our logo. Thank you to our producer, Brian Miller. You can follow us on social media at The Pick Route across all channels. That's Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at The Pick Route. You can email us game ideas. I'm telling you, we need them. So if you have a game idea, <laughs> we struggle every Wednesday. We're, uh, we're starting to run out. So email us game ideas at thepickrout at gmail.com. New episodes every Tuesday. Find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. And until next week, remember, it could be worse. It could be worse. Pick and choose who they love. Cause I like it a lot